This week, my guest on the show is Mike Jones. Mike is a former instructor at the Royal Military Academy Sandhurst in the UK, and he's now the principal and owner of LBI Consulting, also in the UK. And this week, we're going to find out what it's like to have a military background in terms of applying this to your consulting business, what it's like to run programs like the ones with WASPs Rugby Club or the English Rugby Football Union, how Mike's army background helped, how he communicates the value to his clients that he offers from his military background, and the kinds of services he offers and how he sells himself. Loads to unpack in this week's episode of the show. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark. This is the Training Business Podcast. If this is your first time here, let's cut to the chase. This is the weekly show for consultants. If you're self-employed, if you describe yourself to people as a coach, facilitator, trainer, consultant, then this is for you. This is what the weekly show is about. It's about focusing on the business of you making money from your programs, your expertise, knowledge, workshops, courses, books, etc. Maybe you've got some of these things or none of these things. It doesn't really matter because this is what the show is designed to do. It's to help you by having great guests on the show every week, in fact, every Thursday. And that's going to walk you through things like marketing or producing keynotes or just understanding the kinds of programs that's in demand or in demand in the marketplace. And if you've not yet subscribed, I'd love you to click on follow or subscribe right now to be notified of episodes as they come out every Thursday. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Mark. The reason we are in touch is because I came across your profile online and um, I've had a couple of people on before who have a, an army or military background. I've had a former um, uh, Skycrane uh, copter pilot in the uh, Marine Corps. I've had um, a guy in the US Army instructor. Um, I've had lots of people with a military background. And I'm curious how, in your case, you, you found yourself, first of all, at Sandhurst, which is the one of the most prestigious, if not the prestigious um, military academy in the world, equivalent perhaps to, to West Point. I will not compare, obviously. Um, and and since then, you have founded LBI Consulting. Let's go back to the beginning. What, what did you do that that put you on the path to becoming a consultant, working for yourself? Well, it's quite an interesting one. So, you know, I, I joined the army not because um, I had a great education. Um, you know, I didn't really have much choice um, back then. So, I joined the army. You know, I, I followed the typical route as a soldier, um, and even back. Back then, you know, the aim is always to be, you know, regimental start major. And, you know, you mentioned about being Sanders. Sanders is considered to be like the pinnacle of instructors in the military. Um, it's a great place to work. And, you know, to be selected to be there, you, you have to go through quite a regular selection process to, to get to be an instructor. But when you're there, it's a fantastic opportunity. It opens your mind to um, or your horizons to the, the leadership challenges that, um, we put these um, young officer cadets through. They're going to be the future leaders of the British Army. But um, it really started before that. So um, 
we've done several tours of Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, and what really got me intrigued through those real complex and volatile situations that, you know, I looked around and, you know, I was leading um, men then and I was wondering why do these people follow you because they want to, not because they have to. Um, and I think a lot of people have a real a real distorted view of actually what leadership is in the, in the British military. And so when I came back from my tours, I picked up my first book. So I didn't read my first book till I was um, 27 years old. Um, and it was actually Turned the Ship Around by David Marquette. And um, I, I started reading about leadership. And leadership then got me onto psychology. So I taught myself cognitive psychology, but I had no education. So I wanted to go to university and and to you know to put this into practice so i wrote to every university in the uk and said i've got no i've got no ed- traditional education but i've been doing all this can i can i come and uh, be on one of your programs um quite a few of them said no you know a few that pretty much laughed at me uh, that's ridiculous mike um but then Wolverhampton university gave me an opportunity and they they put me through an interview process and they put me straight on to masters um so i'd done my masters in um, occupational psychology um and as i was doing that unfortunately um during that process i was diagnosed with complex ptsd uh, and i was told i could no longer be uh, in the military um, so post-traumatic stress disorder yes was that on the on the basis of your experiences then on, on tour yeah yeah it's right. from yeah mm. to, you know iraq and afghanistan um so fortunately I couldn't be a soldier anymore, so I um, um, I went through therapy and then got discharged from the army. Um, and it, you know, the university thing was it probably came at a good point because it gave me focus, so it gave me a point to to channel uh, my energy through rather than to you know to go to um, probably more um, unhelpful habits to to get through that process. Um, and yeah, when I was, I, I got out and I completed my um, education, I was really wanted to know, you know, where could I take this? You know, I was really uh, fascinated by, um, by leadership, culture, strategy. And I really wanted to to do that. Um, so that's why I set up LBI Consulting. Um, I didn't really know what consulting was. Um, I often look retrospectively and think, should I have gone to like a consulting place first to learn the ropes a bit and then but then i think well no because then i'll probably just become uh um, a powerpoint monkey like most of them no offense to some of the not everyone obviously some of (laughs) i know what you're saying yeah many of us have over relied on powerpoint over the years but what you're saying sounds like an unusual aspect or journey into consulting so how did you then figure out what to do in terms of what you like to help people with and the kinds of challenges they have and how to deliver a program that people are willing to pay for? I, I think the key one was that, and I think that's why it helped find a own path, was that um, I, I don't do off-the-shelf things. I don't just have things ready. Obviously, you've got you know stuff that's there that fits, but really it's, it's really just about listening to um, what their challenge was, um, trying to understand it from their perspective and offer something that was useful. And I think that was um, really key by, you know, understanding their context, the challenge they have, and then you can offer and go, do you know what, you know, I think these things may be useful that we can structure in this way and work with them. Um, so that's how I've, I've done it, is how we got into to work with WASPs um, and England RFU. They're my first sort of main clients. 
Um, so that's the English Rugby Football Union for people listening. The yeah. RFU. Okay. Yeah, I went and worked on the um, female side of the game to help them um, with their leadership and culture, um, which was which was really interesting challenge. Um, and and I was in uh, sports for a while, but I didn't particularly enjoy um, being in sports. I thought I would, but I didn't, I didn't like it. And people often ask, why didn't I stay in sports? You know, because I'm an avid rugby supporter. You know, I love, F, uh, you know, F1. I'd love to be in sports, but I don't find it complex enough. So, you know, I'm an organisational psychologist and, and systems thinker. You know, with sports, it's quite defined. You know, you've got clear, you know, the, the end point's pretty clear. You know, everyone's at a relatively high-performing state, um, you know, it's it's generally okay, rough around the edges for some, where I, I wanted to move into organisations where it's a bit more messier. Um, I'm curious as to why, because you've come from uh, the British Army, which, as you'd imagine, would be very structured. It's very much a Theory X organisation, top-down, um, ages-old traditions, lines of command. Why would you find yourself then drawn towards organisations without all of that? Because even though you say that we've got strict, um, you know, hierarchy, we do for lawful purposes. But you know, we we uh, you know soldiers, we deal with the most complex and volatile situations that you would ever imagine. And and this is where um, people get confused with leadership in the, the uh, in the British Army. Think people think it's just like you know, I tell you, you do, um, and I'll shout at you to do it faster. It's not like. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the movie version of, of of the army to many people. That's true. Yeah, you always hear it. It breaks my heart when I see you know on um, LinkedIn people put our oh, command and control is bad. They don't understand what command and control is. They see it from the perspective they think command and control is that you know I um, I tell you and I control every aspect. That's not true. Command and control is a two way conversation. It's here's the clear intent. This is what we need to achieve. I'm going to give you time to go away to understand how, you know, how you're going to achieve that. You can come back and you go, well, you know, I've, I've looked at what you asked me to do. You know, I could do it this way, but, you know, I'm constrained by this. Would you happy to remove this constraint so I can do this? So at the end, you're agreed what you're going to do. And then you have the freedom of action to go away and to deliver that aim. And you can adapt that within the, um, within line with the intent and boundaries imposed. So you can deal with the, the, the complexity, the unfolding circumstances you found yourself in, and we call that mission command. It sounds like um, what you're referring to there is what people might call VUCA. Is that right? Volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous environments where all hell's breaking loose and uh, the rules, the constraints, the uh, traditional uh, borders, if you will, have been, well, screwing up because there's some uh, conflict or there's some kind of... Um, fast-moving situation and you have to think on your feet yeah well we always say um, so i you know developed my um own sort of uh perspective of leadership and we talk about this a lot with one of the tensions being how do i um have sufficient control and governance while enabling autonomy um and the reason why we we look at that tension it all depends so the, the the level of the system depends on how much control and how much autonomy you you will need to give, and also um, that you can be too autonomous. So you can be so autonomous that you break away from the system, and then thus uh, you go rogue. 
Um, and this all depends on the level of complexity. So you can, and we do in LBI Consulting, we um, we help design organisations that can deal with complexity. But at a human level, the only way that you can deal with complexity, ambiguity, and all that stuff is mission command, which is what effectively, you know, civilian organisations understand as empowerment. All we say by um, empowerment is that there must be clear intent. There must be boundaries imposed because that gives you your freedoms. Um, and then you must have the requisite um, skills and experience to be uh, empowered. But if they're lacking the requisite skills and experience, then all you need to do is draw in those boundaries. They've still got freedom, but you're building up that skill and then you're opening those um, boundaries as they get more competent. Mm. Let me ask you something, and this um, was on my mind before we talked. Some organizations might say, well, you know, I'm afraid to bring in someone from the military, the army, because that to some people is a form of leadership that's not necessarily what they think they need. What you're saying sounds like, in many instances, people might overlook the benefit of this command and control approach to things. Yes. When I first left the army, I um, I tried to disassociate myself as much as possible from the military because of I saw, you know, people getting out and doing like, um, you know, um, leadership training that was, you know, going on obstacle courses or doing command tasks, you know, getting the barrels over things and they called that leadership. And I was like, that's not to me, that's not leadership. You know, that's what we used to do to our you know, junior soldiers, um, or there's this idea of, of, of a screaming sat major, um, that's just not true. So I disassociated myself from it, but then realized that the more I was going into organizations and dealing with really complex situations, all the training and some of the useful tools that we have for mission command, our planning execution, um, you know, how we, how we get people aligned in um, really complex situations were all really useful. So then I actually started to to bring a lot of the tools that I um, we got taught just adapted to make sense for civilian organisations, even stuff like uh, OODA loop, jump void OODA loop, all those good things. That, Sorry, um, what's that? Jump void OODA loop? OODA loop. So um, John Boyd, is um, he was an American... Uh, pilot, fighter pilot, and he created this thing called OODA loop, which is orient, or, um, observe, orientate, decide, act. It's a mental construct to um, to make sense, um, learn and adapt. It's a decision-making sort of um, construct. Okay. So those kinds of tools you felt translated well into the kinds of clients you work with now. You don't have to mention them, but I've seen a couple on your website, including Amazon, NHS, etc. Did you have to do any work in terms of translating how your background would fit into those kinds of organizations and help them to apply leadership in a new way? Yes, language was key because um, we use stuff like you know mission command, you know execution. Um, you know, and it, they seem quite innocuous, but um, to some civilian organisation, it doesn't seem to fit right. Um, definitely when I'm talking about mission, and I've, I mean mission and task, like this is what I need you to do in order for us to achieve this by this time, where people view mission as like, 
of this ultimate purpose that they have. Um, so language was trying to translate the language of it. Um, but otherwise, it, it seemed to fit really well. Um, and actually, it, 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 it seemed to be that, that missing thing that they didn't quite have. And all our tools are, are real practical. They are, um, they are recursive. So when we say recursive, they, they can be used at every level of the organization. It's just the amount of detail and time you put into it. So they, 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 they fit in quite well. You just, it was just a, the point of maybe changing, adapting some of the language that um, is used and how we adopt it. Okay. What, what kinds of challenges does your average client have that you feel or they feel they need to bring you in to sort out? Um, that's a good question. Normally, um, it's really unspecified, um, and we work through it, but it, it really fits on, um, the, uh, the strategy side. So we, we, we talk about real strategy, uh, not this, um, you know, throw tennis balls around for a day and, um, argue over a vision statement wording. This is we really get people to understand their ecosystem and how do they, change their fit within the ecosystem to an advantage so normally uh, they they come to us because they have a real um strategic challenge i.e the world's moving and they don't know where to position themselves to add value so we um help them with that and understand um a strategy the other part is that uh, we we term it alignment or misalignment they are just misaligned so their organization from the strategy to their structure the culture and leadership are misaligned so we help people um, to um, understand their, how to structure their organization, mainly look at coordination and performance metrics. So we use um, a thing called Viable Systems Model. It's a systems thinking tool to design organizations. Viable Systems Model. Yeah. Okay. Stafford, it's, it's a systems um, thinking approach. Um, we help people culture so they know that there's – there's something wrong with their culture. It's not what they need to do. So we've, um, so I say we, we've, I've uh, developed a, an approach to um, how to understand and uh, develop culture more dynamically. So we've identified there are uh, every level of the organization, you have access to 14 or 13 to 14 levers, be it leadership, communication, policy processes, decision-making, operating model, all these things, there's about normally about 30, 40 of them, that if you design, you can then um, enable your culture to merge how you want it to. Right. So I can see these on your website. You have three specific offerings, how we can help strategic development, change your strategic situation to your advantage, organizational design, design your organization for success, and culture development to create a culture that drives success. How did you come up with those three? Um, because they seem like the most prominent ones for the challenges that we were consistently seeing in business. So um, they, what we tend to have is that organizations will come to us with a problem, but it's not necessarily the problem. It's what they perceive to be the problem. So we we help them to understand actually what, what are the, what, what are the key points that they need to, to develop? And it tend to be either lack of strategic direction. Um, so they were becoming a victim of circumstance rather than um, being adaptable um, culture, because I think they've been conditioned for such a long time to think that culture change was just creating values and hope for the best. Um, and then structure. Um, 
we always say structure um, drives behavior. So you need to have the right structure. So if you're thinking about strategic success, you need to ensure that when you have the direction and then um, you have the right culture and structure that enables you to achieve your um, strategic direction. If they are misaligned, that creates risk and friction, which you don't want. It sounds like you decided on these three, but in doing so, you've you've said no to other things. There must be things that you've said, well, I'm not going to do that. We're not doing that. This is not what LBI does. We focus on these three things, strategic development, organizational design, and culture development. Yes, I don't do fun days. Um, so if... Uh, I don't do really any advertising. It's all mainly word of mouth. So, you know, that ensures that what we do works. Um, and I, I, I quite like that idea that, you know, that's how we, we, we get our business and it works quite well for us. But yeah, I, I don't do, I don't really do one-offs. Um, I don't do what I call faddy, um, faddy things like, you know, um, I'm going to, you want, they want a team building day. That's not for me. You know, okay. you, you can go, you can go to go ape and, um, get someone there to take you around. Um, you don't need to, to waste your time with me to do that. Really. So, you, so you're working with clients on the basis of, uh, strategic things, not tactical things. And secondly, it sounds as if you're plugged into what they're doing, um, on a retainer basis, so you see yourself working with them over the longer term, not just on one-off initiatives. No, longer. So you normally our typical engagements can be um, ranging up to sort of eighteen months, two years. Okay, um, that's long. Mm -hmm. It's not solid, so it's not like I'm there every day for that time. Mm -hmm. But you think these take time, so you think strategy. Uh, the way we do strategy is 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 quite quick and good. Um, I'm going to say that obviously. Um, but it's then it's the execution, the implementation. You think about culture change and structural change. That is going to take quite a while to do. Results quite dynamically, but we will um, not only help them identify what they need to change, but we will also um, help uh, upskill their um, project teams to be able to deliver that. So the, the the big thing we're really into or our main focus is not only helping them with their challenge, but also building their capability so they can do it themselves. They don't have to keep getting us in. We we set them up for success rather than just coming in and, um, you know, drip feeding and offer them. So they have to keep um, coming to us every time something slightly changes. And you have some interesting accolades on your website. Um, Chris Alexander from Director Network or Director Network Rail um, talks about the fact that you've helped them to become a higher performing team and create culture where people can deliver the best work of their careers. In terms of career then or direction, where do you see LBI consulting three years from now, if that's not too far out in the future? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I've always... Um... I've always wondered where we're taking this because I'm, I'm, it's, I'm like um, anyone that knows me and the clients. I think that's what helps. I'm, um, you know, sensationally passionate about what I do. So a lot of the research we do is from me. It's where we've created our own leadership model that works the three tensions of leadership, create our own um, cultural development, um, how, how we do that. So more systemic approaches to these um, tools. So in, in some, what, 
where I think it goes, I'm not too sure. Um, people have always asked me, do you want to grow it beyond yourself? Um, at the moment, no, um, because I, I really enjoy what I do. Um, I have a team of coaches, so I have coaches that I use. So I don't longer do coaching myself. Um, I have facilitators to do stuff for me on certain aspects. Um, but getting amongst the sort of the, the, the actual complex messy problems i do that now but i'm always on the look for i never say no i would be on the look for you know if i could find another um maybe someone who's got ex-military experience organizational psychologist systems thinker that that can come work maybe we'll look at that but um i quite like our um up close personal trusted relationships that we have with, with our clients yeah, it sounds like you want to be at the front line, literally doing the work, not just administering other people doing the work. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. And that, I enjoy that. I've got um, a second business that um, we're building up um, at the moment, and um, that would be one that I'd look to to build up beyond myself. Yeah, that's coaching space, right? That's coaching space, yeah, yeah. So um, that'd be um, a really good, unique challenge that we're we're, we're going to be facing, hopefully soon. Excellent. Mikey, thank you so much for being my guest on the show. Where can people find out more about you? Um, I'm always active on LinkedIn, so you can find me, um, Mike Jones, uh, on LinkedIn, um, or um, follow the LBI Consulting um, on LinkedIn as well, because I'm mainly on LinkedIn for social media. I'm mainly active on that. If not, you can find our website at www.lbiconsulting.com. All my contact details are on there. Excellent. Thank you again, Mike. Awesome. No, thank you for having me. My thanks to Mike Jones for being my guest this week on the show. And thanks to you for listening. You'll find all episodes past, present and future over on trainingbusiness.com. And of course, everything else on your podcast platform of choice, whether it's Apple, Stitcher or something else including, of course, Spotify, one of my favorites. But you'll find every episode there. If you have any questions about anything you've heard or would like to hear, then please drop me a line. My email address is mark at trainingbusiness.com. Until next Thursday, look after yourself. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.